And we are back with tonight movie. Today we are talking about one of mine, and I think I also Ben's favorite movies, especially ones we would watch during childhood, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. As joined with me always, my dear older brother, who's lately been getting up at six o'clock in the morning to work out, Benjamin Turner. Ben, can you please tell us about the plot? Thanks for narrating my life. Uh, You're welcome. It's <laughs> what I'm here for. Uh, so, physicist, neurosurgeon, test pilot, and rock star Buckaroo Banzai and colleague Dr. Hikita create an oscillation overthruster, which allows objects to go through solid matter. Buckaroo tests the overthruster by going through a mountain in his jet car. By doing this, he finds himself in the eighth dimension. Upon returning to this, his dimension, he is faced with an evil alien group from Planet 10 called the Red Electroids. With the help of his crew, Buckaroo must stop the Red Electroids plan and save the world. So, <laughs> I would like to preface a couple things real quick yeah. before you get into a little bit of backstory. This is a science fiction and heavy comedy. Yes, w- it's a satire yeah. of the Very entire much. decade of the 1980s. <laughs> yes, yes, this came out in 1984, August 1984, and uh, directed by W.D. Richter. I forgot to mention at the beginning. Continue. Okay, uh, this is... As we were saying, this was a definite uh, comedy slash satire. I mean, this movie is wild. The fact that it isn't like required watching is absolutely a travesty of not just the like uh, not just of the film industry, but just the f- even film education. This it's just. It's such a fun movie. It has everything. <laughs> you got your science fiction. It definitely have your comedy. You have. A little bit of like retro western in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like like three or four other genres. It's like always packed into yeah, one. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. You're on you an acid have, trip. Yeah, you even have characters at some point, like look at the camera and break the fourth wall and say what's going on. It's absolutely like, like and, and and like they're still in character, but like it's it's implied and it's it's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I love it. Uh- <laughs> one of the things to note is first off, you have. An all-star cast in here. You have Peter Weller as the main character, Buckaroo Banzai. You have John Lithgow, who is the leader of the Red Electroids alien group, who was originally a doctor, but then he was possessed by said alien, who, who's like Italian, but in like Soviet soldier wear at some point. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. You have, you have Christopher Lloyd, who just did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. It, you got it. Such a random cast. Oh, and every time I tell people about this movie, they're like, okay, why should I watch this movie? I'm like, do you want to see Jeff Goldblum in a cowboy outfit for 95% of the movie? <laughs> that is just reason alone to watch this. And I'm not kidding. Well, the funniest line was, I don't want to spoil like almost any jokes in this movie because they all sneak <laughs> up on you. Um, but rest assured, they're, and by the way, like, this isn't like a ha-ha comedy. It is literally, they just do ridiculous things and act like it's totally normal. It's amazing. Uh, and you wonder if they were on something. Yeah, I know. And they weren't. Well, no, because they go up to, like, Jeff Goldblum, who's, like, in the cowboy outfit. And they're like, oh, yeah, you from out west? Like, no, I'm from, like, Hoboken, New Jersey or something like that. Yeah. And, and, like, the characters, like, look at each other and then, like, slyly look over at the camera like, what the heck's going on? It's really, it's just, like, things yeah. like that happen. And, no, they don't really, just going off Jeff Goldblum, they don't really address why he's in a cowboy outfit. No, I he don't just think, is. He just, yeah, he just they, is. And the only time they're questioned that movie is when you have a character who's called Perfect Tommy, who's... Mm-hmm. Perfect Funny. Tommy is amazing. He has the most lines where he literally looks at the camera going, what's going oh, on? No. Yeah, like, like, he does that. He says world. that, like, half a dozen times. Like, 
what's going on this is like like he's the only one who's like aware <laughs> that he's in a movie i think <laughs> you also have a character named reno nevada mm-hmm. that's his name in character rawhide mm-hmm. um, these guys are like comic book heroes yeah. it's, it's like but even cheesier <laughs> it really is and everything about this movie is just superb and I feel like if you go into this movie, like, trying to be, like, all serious, like, yes, it is a really science, serious science fiction film, you're going to miss everything about it. I kind of want you to go in like it's a, like, it's a serious movie, though. Because, like, I, I, like, you're, I don't, I think, I think people would think it was so funny. You're just sitting here like this, like, wow, this movie's so bad, it's good. But, like, because it's, like, ah, I... I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. <laughs> What's funny is John, I was just listening to an interview with John Lithgow, Peter Weller, and John Lithgow, he thought this movie was going to be the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and so just imagining this was going to be the next Star Wars. Yeah. But what's sad is that this was a box office bomb. Yeah. $17 million for budget, $6.3 million in box office, and it sucks because this movie is just absolute gold. And everyone in cast and crew, they all say the same thing of, we don't really know what was going on, but we really had fun filming it. John Lithgow even said, he's, what was he say? He's like, I have never laughed so hard in any project that I've done. He's like, aside from Third Rock from the Sun, Bucker Banzai is the one I laughed the most. Because mm-hmm. um, at one point, um, my, one of my favorite, first, one of my favorite scenes, I got a lot of favorites, is <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's character flipping off... Um, John Lithgow. Oh, yeah, that's a fun Like, because all the aliens, they're, because there are two groups of aliens. You got the red electroids who are, like, evil trying to take over the Earth, and then you have, or Planet 10. Yeah, I think they actually call him Super Hitler. Like, when describing <laughs> oh, him, they're like, yeah, he's like Super Hitler. But bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but bad in a way. Um, like, bad in the sense of he's trying to be him, but doing it so poorly. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Hitler's a very bad human being. We don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't like Hitler. No one likes Hitler. I gotta specify yeah. that. But, yeah, he, it was, and then, oh, sorry, you have the black electroids who are very peaceful, who banned the red, le- the red electroids from Planet 10 to the 8th dimension. Mm-hmm. Th- this movie goes on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really tell you the plot of the movie. I think until like 30 minutes in. And even then, you're like, what in the world yeah, is exactly. this? And it's like, what in the name of God's green earth is going on here? You don't know, but at the same time, it's like, you want to stay yeah. and figure out what is happening. And it's just a huge mind screw, mm-hmm. honestly. You're going on a massive trip. You think you're on something, and you're not. And it's just, we're going to, all around great movie. Yeah. I, and we grew up with this movie. Um, I asked my dad, like, how did he, in the world did he come across this? And he first found it in the 80s with his brother. Like, they just rented the movie. Like, he's like, ah, we're going to watch this, pick it up. And they watched it, like, what in, what in the world? And then about when they get to the scene with um, the nightclub scene, where Peter Royal just, like, stops the music. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's <laughs> so also corny. a moment perfect. Tommy looks at the camera, he's like, what's going on? Like... <laughs> What what's happening? Like yeah. this should this shouldn't be happening. So along with this, so <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai and the guy playing a saxoph- two saxophones Suppose, at the yes. same time, and then it like goes one to outside each side of his mouth. <laughs> oh god! Oh, it's fantastic. And oh my god! At that point, I think our uncle and uh, he just kind of looks at it. He just says, "He's like, this is a spoof," because it took him them that long. <laughs> I was like, 
this movie's a spoof. Like, yeah. this is a comedy. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And then he watched it later with a couple of friends in college. And then he just, I think he just picked it up at whatever point. Because I cannot think of time when we did not have this right. movie. yeah. In our arsenal. Because mm-hmm. uh, what? They, they came out with a DVD 2001 or 2002. And so he must have had it around that time until now. Mm-hmm. You bought the Blu-ray version a couple years ago. Yeah, I got ago. the Steelbook. <laughs> you got the Blu-ray version a couple years ago. Watched it with one of your friends. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one, but I think they loved it. Oh, yeah. they I, The friends I've shown it to, they just absolutely love it. <laughs> yes, you, uh, you, I think I told, I told this to a friend. I'm like, you have to watch this. And they asked why. And I said, Jeff Goldblum in the cowboy outfit. That's my reasoning just for it all. And... They watched it, they're like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And this is all around beautiful, perfect. We love it. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to, I kind of want to go right into the script real quick. Because have, because not, it's not grand. Right. It's a, it's a pretty straightforward For, script. Yeah. There isn't like, and there's no fancy, there's no fancy footwork going on. No, there's it's no like, plot twist. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's interesting because if you look at each scene on its own, like, it's a little weird, but you're like, oh, it's probably just a bad scene of a movie, right? Like, every <laughs> single scene, you're like, oh, it's a bad scene from a good movie. And then, like, you, and then you put it all together, and it's all the bad scenes, which makes it so great. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the movies to where it's like, is it all around good? Is it all around bad? Is it all around, is it just so bad that it's good? Yeah, we were trying what to think of this? things that, like, we disliked about it, and we kept coming up with reasons, and we're like, but if you took out the things you dislike about it, like the things that are bad with the script, then it doesn't make the movie nearly as good. Like it's it's trying so hard to be bad, yeah. but it's great. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> the guy who wrote this, Earl Mac Rock, Rock, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I, um, when he was writing the script, and W. D. Richter, he, him and his wife gave him like fifteen hundred dollars to develop develop and write the script. I think he like thirty or forty. He would write thirty or thirty or forty scripts. I think that's the total of how much he wrote. But he would start writing one. And then stop halfway through and start another one. Yeah. <laughs> and so by the time filming came around, Richter just had like all of this these scripts and just notes in this one giant pile. And that's what they went off of. <laughs> but it made it so much better and yeah. so much funnier. Yeah. And I will they, say yeah. one of my favorite lines is, "No matter where you go, there, there you, you are. are." Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and it's and, like an actual philosophical so cool. concept, but it's like Peter Weller says it's so like hammy like you're just you just gotta look at it like what <laughs> and then when he starts serenading penny yeah it was he has oh there's a love interest in this film by the way and she's like the long lost twin, twin sister of, of his, his dead, dead wife? wife or something like that it's not it's kind of like put in there but not really it's, it's just weird it's yeah <laughs> i find it so weird that like like you're falling in love with your dead girlfriend's long lost twin sister they were both adopted they did specify that they were both adopted yeah but it's like, isn't that a little, is that a little weird? Like, yeah. I feel like you're fantasizing your wife, your dead wife. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're picturing someone who is not there like they look like them, but that's yeah. it. It's definitely a little creepy the way he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. What I love, though, is um, at one point, Penny's in jail cell. A lot, ha- a lot has happened for her to get in there. Um, so Buckaroo and Perfect Tommy, they go there to get to go get her and just talked with her and buckaroo he's just like she tells penny tells him something i don't remember what like where she was born he's just like oh that's why and like kind of puts the pieces together because it's buckaroo bonsai he's smart as crap he can do whatever yeah and he's just like okay let her out and tommy's just like 
Why? He's like, he's hitting his head against the bars of the cell. <laughs> he's, he's just so like frustrated. Done. Like, because he, he's like, this scene, like, he, like, you can tell, like, he's frustrated with how stupid this scene is, uh, which is what makes it great. Because <laughs> you can visually see his frustration and he's just confusion. Like, what in the name of God's green earth is that? He's like, I don't he's know. Like the, yeah, he's the only straight man in the movie and it's awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic, but he. But um, Buckaroo looks at Tommy. He's like, okay, give her our jacket. And Tommy's like, why me? And Buckaroo's just like, because you're perfect. And Tommy's just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's just like, you have a point there. <laughs> and he's just like very self-aware that mm-hmm. this movie's just like, what? He's the only person that probably has his head on straight of like, this is this is weird. But and he's, he's still, still really over the top, yeah. too. <laughs> and he's still just kind of, he's like, I'm just going to go along with this. I think this is kind of nuts. Oh, by the way, the band name is called Hong Kong Cavaliers. I don't know where it came from, but I just find that their band name very interesting. It's like, yeah, it is on, it's it's a really cheesy 80s, like, it's very self-aware in that regard. You oh, know, like, very, very much self-aware. Yeah. The music is actually really good in this movie, by the way. I enjoy it. I know Dad does not like it oh, at see, all. Oh, see, I love it. I get the I song it, stuck in my head all the time, especially th- the ending credits. Oh, ending credits. It's beautiful. Oh, okay, let's not spoil the ending credits, but you should watch it all the way through the ending credits. Uh, and at the end, they tease that they were going to do an entire like cinematic oh, universe, and then it bombed. Hollywood. Please, the one thing you should do, the one thing the one you sequel. should, yeah, the one sequel you need to make is what is it, Buckaroo Bonsai, Bonsai against, against the, the World, world Crime Syndicate or something like that. The World Crime League, yeah, yeah World Crime League. There we go. Ugh. So that kind of like leads into a question I have. It's like, okay, sh- like should there be another, um, should there be a sequel? Oh, 100%. This and movie I, oh, deserves a sequel. Was, yeah, and it's I feel like it's so right easy person. to write too. And I think Richter and Rauch, um. I think they're both still alive. I don't know if they're doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them would definitely be down to do it. Guys, do it. Please. Just go for it. it. Please. Please. We saw what you did with like a nut, like shoestring <laughs> budget last time. Like- Please. <laughs> and I don't think Rauk has done anything since 89. Who? Um, Rauk, the writer. Oh. Um, oh I don't know. I don't, that, so I, I'll take I, word for it. I don't think he's done anything since 89, according to IMDb and Wikipedia. So correct me if I'm wrong on that. But it's like, he did it, I think he wrote a screenplay for Martin Scorsese. I think it was like New York, not New York, New York, but something New York. Oh, Gangs in New York. Yeah, it was, it's something that had New York in yeah. it. But that's what they did. And I'm just like, yes, please make this movie. And I know I'm going to watch it. I know Ben's going to watch it. Probably our entire family, including our mother. We'll make our mother sit through mm-hmm. it. <laughs> she's seen it a couple times. Yeah, she's yeah. seen it a couple times. Um... Just if there was a sequel and everything like that, so that kind of leads into another question: Should the should a studio just remake their original? No, leave no, it as no, no, never Hard under any circumstances. No. Rem- no, make a new one with Peter Weller as Buckaroo Bonsai, older and Buckaroo, like, bu- yeah, and and like a Buckaroo Junior or something like that, <laughs> uh, who's like also who's everything his dad is, but is also like a like a world class snowboarder too or like a commando or yes. something and like yes and, so, and like fighting the world crime league I mean, oh that would be i don't yeah <laughs> that would be so great <laughs> please, please there is enough please. of a cult following of this movie that it can easily make back uh whatever shoestring budget a studio gives oh <laughs> one, seriously over the years just has more and more of a cult following we yeah this is honestly the perfect cult movie oh exactly and it sucks though because this movie went up against because this came out in 1984. It was going to come out, I think, in May or June of 1984. Pushed it to August because it went up against movies. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Gremlins. Ghostbusters. Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Mm. So it went up 
against a whole bunch of like very well-known movies and famous movies and then it just kind of bombed so why do you think it do you know why do you think it bombed i mean like it's i don't think they uh like you said it took our uncle a while to re- and my our dad to realize that it was a like a while for it to be a spoof so some people probably thought it was just a bad movie yeah uh that's probably one of them the other one is i mean it, people were probably it's 19 it was 1984 they already had search for spot come out that summer they were probably already like science fictioned out yeah like and they were just like yeah whatever um yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know. It's just... <laughs> it's also one like, uh, I heard somewhere when they were trying to, like, market for this movie. Like, they had seriously trouble marketing this movie because this movie just kind of goes everywhere. Like, we gave mm-hmm. our basic plot summary, as yeah. we do, but that's kind of condensing it all down. There's just so much more that happens. Yeah, this movie's wild. It just, like, goes in, like, <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of different directions. Yeah, it's like... For, okay, remember in the old Mario Kart game, like Mario Kart 08, when we had it and we played it a lot? Mm-hmm. Remember Rainbow Road and how, like, mm-hmm. all those twists and turns and yeah. you're, like, trying not to die and, like, fall off? That's mm-hmm. kind of what I think of this movie. Towards, yeah. like, you're just trying not to turn. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what, like, what's going on? You're trying to turn, but then it's going this way, mm-hmm. then it's going that way. And then like, you what just surrender the to it. It's great. Like, like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just going to see how this thing goes and mm-hmm. see what happens. And, like, one of my things is... Also, like, we kind of talk about dorky morals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're both not a big fan of dorky morals, and we will heavily criticize a movie if they yeah, have you know, them. Like shoehorning in uh, yeah. a message just for sake of it. Yeah, and so, were, do you think they were dorky morals in there? Yeah, but, like, like as we talked about, like, it's, it was it's what makes, yeah, it, what's, it's what makes the movie so great. Yeah. Like, it's it was, so hammy. <laughs> it was so just obvious that you just can't help but laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it absolutely amazing. So I kind of want to like touch and do a couple of things. Um, a little bit. I'm talking touch into the cinematography a little bit. So and a couple of other scenes. First off, do you know who was the original cinematographer on this? No idea. Jordan Cronenweth. Do you want to know who he is? Who is he? He did the cinematography before Blade Runner. The first one. Yep. Wow. Okay. They had him in. And halfway through the movie, before the producers replaced him with Fred J. Koningkamp. Mm. And Richter and Rauk, they've, like, fought to have Jordan in his, in the movie. And he, he shot about half the movie mm-hmm. before he was replaced. But they, like, fought to have him in. Like, no, we have to have him in. But they just couldn't do it. And they didn't win. So they brought in Fred. And I didn't know that. And then looking back on it, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see some of the scenes to where... You can definitely tell which ones were Jordan's and which ones were Fred. Because um, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Blade Runner, as we know, because too dang slow for me, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that. So, you know, that makes sense. Because, I mean, some shots, like especially the beginning with the whole jet car thing, those shots that, yeah. are really good. Mm-hmm. And then like, and then you have the motorcycle chase about halfway through the movie, <laughs> yeah. which looks like it's shot in like on like a 19, like, you know, when it was like, uh, like the old Lone Ranger <laughs> show like in the early 1950s where it's just oh. like one camera just sitting there and having people run across, across it. it yeah yeah and like and it, it i almost thought that was a little bit on the intentional side but now that i think about it, it probably it is just like yeah sense. it makes a little yeah. more sense dang so oh you- that also makes sense because uh in the special features for the movie uh they have like an alternate beginning which is really yes. really well shot actually it's actually an amazing scene mm-hmm. and it gives a little bit more yeah it gives backstory. a little more yeah it gives a little more backstory it's only like a three minute scene but it's like 
so epic. It's am- it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always been like, it almost looks like watching two different movies because it's really serious. It's mm-hmm. really uh, extremely well shot. Um, I'm he's probably I will be willing to bet that he's the one who shot that first uh, mm-hmm. that first deleted scene. Probably did. the alternate beginning, yeah. He probably did because if that was around halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. and that was and if that was a part of it, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So if you ever watch this movie, oh, yeah. well, you guys all should watch this movie. Please, uh, yeah. Buy the Blu-ray version. You will not. Yeah, and then it. watch the alternate beginning scene on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. It, it provides context, and it's also just an awesome scene. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. And also, um, young Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. She plays the mo- his mother. I did not realize that until oh, last night. Oh, yeah. Until Dad walked in, he was just like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? And I looked oh. it up like, oh, you're right. That's I interesting. Never, I never noticed that before. Yeah. Huh. So it's really interesting. Scream queen herself. Woohoo. I, you mentioned the jet car. I kind of want to talk about that real quick because mm-hmm. I rewatched this last night with um, mom came in and out. Dad came in and out. But dad stayed for the beginning. Um, and so did mom. And so he looks at it and... You have you have the overthruster, which is the main thing in this entire movie. It's what all the aliens want to get their hands on, and it's what Buckaroo and Doctor Hikita uh, they made, uh, or one of the one, they made one of them. But um, they so he Buckaroo places that in his jet car, and there was a scene where it kind of like looked a little bit like a triangle or something, and Dad looked at it and he's just like, "Holy crap!" That's the flux capacitor. Yeah, it was. It's, it's so, kind of the same plot device. Yeah. No, no, because it looks the same. Mm. And then this came out oh, in yeah, 90, so. this came out in eighty four. Um, I believe Back to the Future, the first one, came out in eighty five, and it makes it funnier because Christopher Lloyd's in both movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then as we're as they're driving, um, we get a kind of a b- better shot of the jet car. It looks like the DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> and so Dad's like, did they kite this? Did, yeah. Did well, yeah, instead of a DeLorean, this? it's like a Ford 150 50? with like a jet engine on the back. <laughs> it's like, they like modified uh, like a It's literally a, a jet car. car. It's yeah. actually, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but also like kind of one thing, like I did find the hologram message like really cool. Just mm-hmm. kind of like how it was shot. It's like very low, low quality and you can tell it's low mm-hmm. quality. And they're like wearing some like bubble wrap goggles to see oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> we don't know. I they're don't literally know. goggles in bubble wrap and they're supposed to be some alien like technology. <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> it's Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah. They could do yeah. anything in this film yeah. and it'll be great. But one of the things is, I just want to like mention briefly, physics, despite... Buckaroo Banzai being a physicist. Physics don't really exist in this movie, as my one of my roommates pointed out. Um, I watched this movie. I started watching this movie like two years ago in my apartment. One of my roommates, she comes out and she's very much a very logical person. She's a math and science girl, like to the T. That is who she is. And she I started this movie, I'm like, I'm like five minutes in. And she stops to watch it for like just a couple minutes, but ends up staying for the entire movie. At one point, She's just like, what in the world? She's like, the physics, like, what's with this physics? And I'm like, you can't watch. I'm like, first of all, you can't take this movie seriously, as I've said, or else you're going to miss everything. But at one point, one of the red aliens is shot in his chest. He falls forward instead of backwards. <laughs> and at one point, I think Peter Weller, one of the aliens, like, goes into an air duct head first and come out feet first or vice versa. And so the oh, physics yeah. don't really exist <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Despite the fact that it's a science fiction movie. Yeah. So it's all just kind of non-existent. They're like, you know what? It's one of the things where you just kind of give up and mm, figure it out. Just go with it, yeah. Kind of go with it. 
So I know we kind of talked a little bit about some scenes. Like, no matter where you go, there you are. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that scene was one of my personal favorites. Also, the rolling credits. That's always this rolling is, credits this is, is my iconic. favorite. Yeah, I it's love iconic. it. I love Look it. Look it up on YouTube, please. Yeah. Like, and the way they walk to the beat. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. honestly, it's great. And uh, it's one of Wes Anderson's early films. Wes um, Anderson? Yeah, Wes Anderson. He did The Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou. I think that's what it's called. Or the aquatic. Oh yeah, you're talking about it's like Steve a callback Zizou, like, to uh, yeah. this movie. So at the end of the scene, they did that rolling credits. Oh. Jeff Gold, and, and so this movie came out in 2004. It was also, I think, a box office bomb. Um, it's, it was a. I couldn't sit through like the first <laughs> half hour. Um, Jeff Goldblum is also in it, and mm-hmm. according to Jeff Goldblum, uh, Wes Anderson is just like, yeah, it's kind of homage to this movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what makes it even better. Mm-hmm. So that, like I know those are my, my personal favorites. I'm pretty sure you have the same unless they're different. <laughs> no, I mean I, the uh, mine was uh, that one in the beginning with the jet car. But the funniest scenes are always going to be the nightclub scenes. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, yeah. It was, they were. So- but yeah, the beginning with the jet car sure. where the, he literally like stops neuro, doing neurosurgery and he's like, oh, I'm going to go on a break and be a test pilot for a car that goes supposed to go like 800 miles an hour. Yeah, I got to And then I'm going to drive through a mountain at the same time. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it comes across the eighth dimension and. It's just, again, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and please watch this movie. We are hyping it up, and you will not be disappointed. Yeah. So just going off of characters, it's like I loved all of them. The humor, all of the humor added oh, to it. All of them were great. All of them were great, and it's one of the things where you only really had like kind of three main characters, which is what Buckaroo Banzai. You have Doctor Emilio slash Gerard Warfin, who John Lithgow plays, who. John Lithgow, he was possessed. He's Dr. Emilio, but then was possessed by John Warfin. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a whole thing. Uh, and then Dr. Hikita. Those are really, like, the only main characters. Yeah, and a lot of, The like, rest could have been, like, yeah, interchanged. But, but, I mean, all the secondary characters are so good and unique in their own way. They were so good. They even had, oh, the president. Never mind. My favorite joke in the movie. <laughs> so they, the, the president, president of the United States is in it for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to declare war on somebody. <laughs> and he says, uh, and he uses the short form. And it's literally like half a page. Like, I, president of the United States. Declare he puts war. in his name. And then he puts in the country's name he's declaring war on. It's like a DMV application. It's so funny. <laughs> it's very short. It's <laughs> sweet. It is all around fantastic. So yeah. I got a, got a couple questions, Ed. Mm-hmm. It's like, could this film be made today? With the same, like... Like, could a film like this be made today? I, I don't know. It's it's so, like... I, I think it would be lost to everybody. Uh, although, now that you mentioned Wes Anderson, I honestly think he could do... If he if he was a lot less stylistic than he usually is, mm-hmm. uh, I think he could make a really good remake of this movie, or at least a sequel. Um, I would have, I would be down yeah. for that. This is, a, this is definitely a once-in-a-life generation thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So... This is also one of those films where either you love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. You'll either be like, I'm going to die defending it or be like, throw this movie in the trash. Why do you think that this movie has such a cult following? I mean, it's so out there. Like, it, there is really no other movie like it that I can... And it, uh, it's... it's <laughs> I, I It's... Oh, gosh. What do the movies have, like, a cult following um, that we can that I can relate to this? I'm trying to think. I can't think of much. I can relate to this one. No, because like, it's it's like almost. There, there really is nothing yeah. like it. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to compare to anything. I think it's like a, it's like a eight year old wrote the movie. 
like made it too like designed the costumes no, everything any uh yeah it's awesome <laughs> so it's like then going going off that why do you think some people hate it because probably the fact that i've never met someone who's hated it i know some people to where it's like they just can't follow the plot but I think it's but you're not really supposed, supposed to. to. Like, <laughs> kind of supposed to just enjoy what's happening. Yeah, just like just watch what's happening. Accept it. Yeah. <laughs> accept that things are going to happen. Accept the fact that there's a watermelon there. Because at one point, I think Jeff Goldblum wanted, I think it was Reno. They, they're like walking through something. They're walking through the Bonsai Institute, which is like some huge like scientific institute in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this movie's set in New Jersey, by the way. And... Like, their aliens, like, have, like, attacked the institute or something like that. And they're walking past this place. And Jeff Goldblum looks at him and he's like, why is there a watermelon there? And Reno just looks at him and he's like, I'll tell you later. He's like, well, And he never explains like, it, actually. So, well, yeah, the, so there are a lot of unexplained things. Why is Jeff Goldblum in a cowboy outfit? Why is there a watermelon there? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. It's up for speculation. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the watermelon's there? Just... Because. No, I think that was part of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, yeah, the watermelon's going to be there. <laughs> okay, so why do you think this movie just opened so poorly? Like, why do you think the opening weekend and just... I over- we covered that already. Um, Did it, it like, kind of... Just, just yeah, a lot of competition, oriented. plus, I think, yeah. poor marketing. Yeah, like, poor, it, it, yeah. Like, how do you talk about this movie? <laughs> There's really no... And we're kind of, like, struggling a little bit to talk about this movie, but at the same time, we're Yeah, all we're doing is kind of it. praising it. But because they're really, we, I, we really, and already I think we spoiled way too much. Yeah. Uh, because some of these jokes are just like great to just watch in person, just be in like taking it at face value. Uh, <laughs> but even though we've seen this movie, Lord knows how many times. Yeah, at least a but, couple dozen times. Yeah, that, that least, that's a minimum. But we still laugh at the jokes every single time mm-hmm. because they just get funnier and funnier. Mm-hmm. And it's the more you look at it, and you just kind of like find new things every time you mm-hmm. watch it and hear new things. And one, like I always say, one of my favorite things is Christopher Lloyd's character. Um, he's a red electrode, so he's a bad dude. Um, his name is John Big Booty, but mm-hmm. everyone keeps calling him John Big Booty, and he just gets <laughs> increasingly more and more and more annoyed <laughs> to the point to where he just flip off. Um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. During that scene, he was trying so hard not to laugh, <laughs> <laughs> just because, like, he even said he's like at one point he's like I grabbed the helmet and put my face to it to prevent myself from laughing so hard. <laughs> and then, uh, and it's just the way he just gets increasingly more and more annoyed. It's like Perfect Tommy, to where he just gets more and more just confused and just fed up with everything. Yeah. He still goes along with it and helps Buckaroo and everyone like that. But he's just like, what in the... It was like, oh my goodness. And just the amount of increasingly annoyance, it makes it even funnier. Mm-hmm. So another thing then, we talked about how this movie has so many genres packed in one. Mm-hmm. Was that a good idea or not? Oh, totally, totally. It's like, I mean, I, I imagine like they were, I mean, it's they said when they were making it, they didn't take it too seriously. And that's mm-hmm. the strength of the movie. It's just fun. Uh, it's fun because you aren't making, you aren't thinking about, oh, what genre is this? Or uh, was it, what's our target market look like? Which you can't get away in, away with today, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, eh. <laughs> Kind of whatever works. If that looks cool, we'll do it. Yeah. If it's funny, we'll do it. If it's over the top, we'll definitely do, do it. it. Yeah, because even John Lithgow said, he he's like, this is by far the most over-the-top character that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. He's like, I did a th- few things in Twilight Zone. He's like, nothing was ever that over-the-top. Mm-hmm. And so this was the most over-the-top one he ever mm-hmm. done. And fun fact, when he had 
was trying to perfect it, like the Italian accent. There was an MG at the MGM. Oh, the studio. worst Italian <laughs> accent ever, yeah. by the way. It's awesome. <laughs> it's great. But um, at the MGM studios where um, mm-hmm. this was shot and everything like that, or at least some of it, one of the tailors was an Italian man. He would do a couple of tailoring work for John. Mm-hmm. And he and John Lithgow, he went up to him and be like, okay, here's a couple of lines I have to get. And he recorded him saying it <laughs> and then imitated that recording. Mm-hmm. And at the end, and I actually find this really cool, um, during post-production, he had asked the editors and every or and the production team to credit the tailor. I can't think of oh, his name. Cool. At the end, where it's like John John Lithgow's dialect coach, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the only thing like he was really like I guess ever credited yeah. in like in that sense. Gosh, what a fun movie! <laughs> it, what honestly, a wholesome, a, crazy movie. <laughs> and honestly, like this is honestly a really good like perfect family movie because mm-hmm. you're like if you have young kids they will probably love it or at least yeah they probably will understand that it's a spoof though like that's something you kind of figure out as like a teenager or an adult more um because as a kid you're just like oh this looks cool but yeah watching with friends like as an adult is also oh it's so it's really fun to watch with very tired college students as i have done multiple (laughs) times because they're like i am so tired i'm like I have this paper or whatever to do. Like, like, can we just, like, watch a random movie? I'm like, okay, I have a random movie for you. Here you go. <laughs> and they end up loving it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what? I'm like, okay, like, this is exactly what I needed, but what was it that <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was? So, hypothetically, if this movie was remade today, who do you think would play? Oh. Uh, who do you think would play what? Who do you think would play who? Like, would they have the same? Do you think they should bring in the same actors? Oh, same I know actors. Hundred percent. Ma- or I mean, should they bring in new ones? If it was like a remade or a sequel, sorry, what was the question? Remade. Like, if, like, say if it oh, was, it was like, made remade. Today, if it was remade. Oh gosh. Or even a sequel. How could who could play Peter Willish character? More Henry Cavill was almost too much of a James Bond type for it to be good. Maybe Army Hammer. Um, like the guy would have to have like the like. The same jaw that Weller has and, like, almost never smile like Weller has. See, actually, Henry Cavill would be really good, but he's really? too big and yeah. he's too much like Superman. Uh, if he, like, slimmed down, Henry Cavill could do a really good job. Oh, maybe uh, – oh, I don't know if that would work, actually. Who? I'd almost want to say Zac Efron. Uh, no. But Zac, yeah, Zac Efron's still um, too young for the role. No. Maybe about 15 years. Um. I just I every time I see Zach Efron, I just see Troy Bolton. See, that's what makes it so good though, because then he's supposed to be a rock star, <laughs> and then you you kind of see like and Troy he's Bolton supposed to a be a pretty star. boy. Like Peter Weller is in the movie is supposed to be that kind of weird pretty boy kind of thing. But he's not really that attractive, and I think. Oh, interesting. Maybe okay, I I don't personally find him like too attractive. Mm. It's like I can understand why someone would, but I'm like, mm, yeah, like he's okay looking in my yeah. personal opinion. Fair enough. Okay, okay. I guess that's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, probably that would play Buckaroo. The rest of the characters, I have absolutely Just no have idea. Just have them in older versions. You know, we were talking about, uh, actually, you know, Jared Leto. We were talking about Jared Leto and oh. Blade Runner the other day, and we are like, you know, Jared Leto as Buckaroo or almost any of the secondary characters. Any of the se- Yo, I would love to see him. Steve Carell as the big bad guy. I w- okay. I was about to say Jared Leto as... No. Um, Dodger Emilio, but I'm like, uh, I'd change Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, Jer- or Rain Wilson. That would also be a good one. So Jared, Le- how about Jared Leto as John Big Booty or one of the, or one of the yeah. Johns? John Big Boutte. Yeah, John Big <laughs> Sorry, I had to be corrected. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want Ben to give me the bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- oh my, but yeah, I think but it's like, I don't think, I cannot think of any other cast 
any other actors to play this. Because sometimes, no. like, with movies, it's like, I can't think of anyone else who would. Yeah, it's it's like asking who else could play Luke Skywalker or Marty McFly Why? or uh, Indiana Jones. Jones. Like, it's just, it's it's you can't do it. You can't do it. I would love to see Harrison Ford in this movie. I don't know what he who he would play, but I'll be oh, funny. Oh, an old, an old Ford? I don't know. <laughs> him playing for some reason, I think of him playing Perfect Tommy. Oh, well, I mean, as he yeah. as a younger for if he was yeah. younger, yeah. I know, Je- uh, like Jeff. I would just love to have Jeff Goldblum in this again. Can we just bring? We can bring back Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I think he'd be down. He can wear mm-hmm. his cowboy outfit again, mm-hmm. or maybe like a new one, like improved, mm-hmm. up different colors, upgraded. Because <laughs> Jeff Jeff Goldblum plays the exact same character. I feel like in any movie he does, mm-hmm. including this one. Who's like kind of just lost and doesn't know what's happening, but kind of rolls with it. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone, like mm-hmm. everyone else in this movie, mm-hmm. we can visually see like at his face at the rolling credits. He's just like he's like walking and just like being happy. He's like I don't know what's happening, but this is great. <laughs> so, on an end, you know what actor you think did the best? Was there anyone actor that like, do I think did the, the best? best? Oh, at, or actress at John Lithgow? He yeah. was so good. John Lithgow. Was yeah, just, I have to agree. Ugh. I have to agree. Him and Christopher Lloyd did great. Mm-hmm. Like. I, Peter Weller did a great job, and uh, I can't His remember. His part was easy to play, though. He yeah. just had to have the right attitude, and that's it. Yep. He didn't really show any emotion, which was kind of part of the spoof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lewis Smith, who played Perfect Tommy, I, he did good. Mm-hmm. But it's like John Lithgow, I think the way he just got so into his character mm-hmm. was absolutely great. Had the recording of the Italian mm-hmm. Taylor. And then Christopher Lloyd, who apparently... You had John Lithgow and Peter Weller. They kind of had to be convinced to join the project because mm-hmm. they couldn't really follow it. But they had, but it didn't take much convincing. Christopher Lloyd just sighed right on. He's like, <laughs> "I'm into this. Let's do it." <laughs> Same with Jeff Goldblum. They're like, "You know, this is fun. Let's go for it." Mm-hmm. So, thank you for joining us today on one of our favorite movies, as you can probably tell, "The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension," also just known as Buckaroo Bonsai. Please join us next week when we talk about one of our other favorite movies and which is honestly I don't know what we're talking about, but we're gonna be talking we're gonna be talking about probably a favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're thinking maybe of Martin Scorsese film. Bye guys.